Hello, Tune In listeners. You are listening to Tune In. It's radio for your mind, body, and soul. And I'm your host, Keela Parkinson. And as you know, if you listen to our show, we are talking about all things mindfulness. And today, we are going to talk with somebody who brings this concept of mindfulness to a lot of different venues with some really interesting ways of thinking. She's a podcast host herself and an educator and coach. Please help me welcome Dr. Anna Stumpf. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. And I just realized I pronounced the F even though we talked about that before. It's stump. <laughs> it's just stump. Yeah. That's okay. My, you know, it's, it works You're used to ways, it, but so. yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm used to a lot of different variations of what should be Kila, so I feel for you. I bet. <laughs> Oh, man. So we've talked about that you are an edutainer and a coach, and I want to hear who you coach, but I also want to hear about this edutainer word first. Tell us all about that. Absolutely. Well, I am one of those rascally Gen Xers who uh, (laughs) did a career pivot in her early 30s, which was kind of unheard of because we were raised by the get a good job with a good company, take care of the company, and the company will take care of you parents. Um, and I do remember the day I called my dad to tell him I was leaving my career after 10 years with the world's largest company and he hung up on me. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) And I called him back and I was like, I think we got disconnected. I called to tell you, I'm going back to school. I'm going to get a master's degree, which you'd think for a first year or first generation college student in my family would be such a point of pride for him. Uh And he said, I can't believe you are leaving yeah. Like right. what I tell my friends. Right, I tell my friends, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> oh my goodness. Your friends, but um, he did calm down over the years. But I went back to school. Uh, my husband and I both at the same time um, left a thrilling and demanding career in retail management to become teachers. Okay. And it did not take me long entering the classroom in 2003. To learn that to get people's attention, um, it was different when you're a manager, right? You get their attention because you're paying them and they need direction. Yes. And, you, know, you're, yes. you have uh, positional power. But when you're in a classroom with teenagers, <laughs> um, and most days uh, I was a business teacher at the high school level. So I was teaching like things that involved computers. So they just would zoom off into their own little yeah. world. I realized very quickly you had to be engaging, Mm -hmm. um, energetic, you had to be fun, and I used to always joke and say, if you look up education in the dictionary, it comes before entertainment. Like, I'm not really here to entertain you, but I I soon learned that if you can make people laugh, if you can put them at ease, all and those that lesson has served me well with college students in crowds, with adults, my own family, everybody yeah. else. So um, I've always, as an only child, a little bit of a performer, okay. a little bit of a storyteller, <laughs> that attention-seeking part of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Well but I just have um, what I've always kind of felt uncomfortable with people noticing or pointing out is my energy. Okay. Oh, and that's I'll tell interesting. You why. Okay. I would talk on a stage, I would talk at a workshop, I would talk in a class, and this is even back when I was with Walmart um, and doing, like, training and development for them. People would come up to me at the end and just be like, I love your energy. And I would say thank you, but as I had to earn a master's degree to become a teacher, (laughs) an MBA to leave the high school classroom and become a college professor, and a doctorate to keep my college professor job... (laughs) I used to think, you know, I'm 
more than just a couple yeah. of jokes and yeah. like jazz hands up here. Yeah. <laughs> and I never really fully understood. I mean, I got it, but mm. I didn't get it. But, and I found myself complimenting other people's energy. It wasn't like I took it as oh, an good. insult. I yeah. just was like, I wasn't really quite sure. And I will tell you when it hit me, um, was about a year ago. It's been this recent. Okay. Um, I was doing an EQ certification and we had to do a mock EQ um, assessment session while the certifier, like the person watched. Yeah. And when we got done, she looked right, we were on Zoom, she looked right in the camera and she said, Anna, I don't know how anybody can sit in your energy and not leave feeling so empowered and like so much better and yeah. I thought oh yeah that's what that means yeah oh my gosh this is a whole conversation right here Anna it's right a yeah whole conversation. <clears throat> yeah because like, yeah. I have it's fun like I always appreciated the people but I always thought is it just these jazz hands and these right because I do find myself to because be quite entertaining that's a but... stage word right energy it you've is. got to bring energy and that's true you bring that energy but like I'm gonna say like I have always loved that feedback but it's because I wasn't getting it like when I was up in front right I right. actually would be like at a party and people would come up and be like I love your energy and want to sit and talk and I'd be like oh yes. what does that mean I can't I'm just sitting here giving off a vibe but we all do <laughs> right <laughs> that's for sure for yeah sure. yeah yeah oh that's fun I love that and so I mean this this is a great way to lead this whole conversation right because we're talking about growth mindset today and all the ways that you mm-hmm. bring we haven't even revealed the whole topic to everybody yet but like we're really going to be deep 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 diving into that and figuring out some more about how you bring that energy right of the growth mindset into all the ways that you edutain educate and entertain and coach people and so also to not keep people in the dark let's define eq right and like what that means that certification like it's uh, daniel goldman brought this to the forefront like several years back right and there's all kinds of amazing data and you may have heard of it in a business sphere you may have heard of it from the dalai lama who was connected to some goldman stuff right or maybe you don't even know what the heck we're talking about so give people people the answer so emotional intelligence is really like the one thing about your personality too that's um, that you can change, right? So much is concrete with your natural abilities, natural talents, but EQ is almost like a muscle, but it's mm. your ability to understand how you manage and use your own emotions in communication, empathy, and conflict in times of stress. Like for me, my one that I've always got on my radar is my impulsivity. And how that impacts all the other attributes of my emotional intelligence and Mm. the way I communicate and the way I'm perceived. Um, And it's, it's kind of interesting to me. You mentioned Daniel Goldman, like it's such a thing in the um, business world right now. Right. And just for the last several years, even pre pandemic, the number one, like talked about, published, discussed leadership trait that was most sought after, most important, and most recognized in leaders was empathy. Mm-hmm. And the the millions of dollars corporate America is spending to try and like uncover the superpower for, you know, a yes. lot of people. Because we do, you know, we after two thousand eight when the economy got all wonky we have five full generations still in the workforce. Yes. And Actually, we do in some places, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We, yeah. yeah. And I just saw a thing about people that retired recently. There's like a resurgence of retirees. Yes. Coming back, back to the work. Ways. Yes. Yes. And with fractional work and remote. Yeah. I mean, there's so many avenues for people to kind of come and go. So I've seen all of this. And, and then I've got my husband is still a teacher. He teaches at the junior high level. Okay. And you kind that's of that's a superpower. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is a superpower. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I always tell people like we've been married twenty two years and I'm like, the secret to a happy marriage is I'm not twelve. So when you <laughs> come at the end of the day, I'm like a He's like, Hooray, that's great. I love that. <laughs> Like, he's not a business person. I'm not 12. And yeah, it's so funny it because great. our whole relationship started because we were both employed yeah. by the same company, had the yeah. same experience there. And then we both left and became teachers. <laughs> and we even worked in the same district for a while. So I thought, oh, that's what's bringing us. So, you know, cl- but Aww, now, I our love, now it's different. <laughs> our magnet is that's that good. We are not each that's other's, good. Like, daily well, life. I think you're right about that. That's the secret to a long marriage, right? A long, <laughs> happy marriage because you've got to switch that up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just continue to morph. That's um, great. It's fun fact, like, he's been in the same classroom teaching the same stuff for 17 years. Wow. The same Holy school, cow. Every, and I've had so many jobs. Like, his <laughs> friends were like, do you worry about her? And he's like, for lots of reasons, but not her career. <laughs> Got to answer. But I mentioned him because, like, education is under such a microscope in this country right yeah. now because of social-emotional learning and yes. all these other things. And I think... How phenomenal that these young people are getting this so early and often and in so many forms to build these emotional intelligence skills because it's really what holds us back. Um, Like our conversation today about growth mindset holds us back from each other. It limits us and even using our natural talents in so many ways if we don't understand all of those nuances about ourselves and they're they're able to change like that's the thing you can build those yes skills. yes well so um i'm writing down a couple of resources i'm going to share with listeners in a second because you're talking about this it's making me think of things but mm-hmm. you know just to, again that eq that we're referencing right um that emotional mm-hmm. intelligence even with iq now there are studies that show like we can actually grow we can learn more in certain areas we can undo like learning um phobias and things that we've had that have prevented mm-hmm. us from learning at younger ages, for instance, um, math phobia, with all the, the times telling, the times table yeah. drills, right? Like that it would didn't it doesn't always work for every brain. There are ways that and we think can about approach how learning differently. That is as we enter a time of like exponential technological yeah. growth where we need to reskill our workforce more regularly, more often, and we don't always learn to learn. Right? We oh, I love that. It's true. Education yes. System. Well, the one thing they never teach us about in school is ourselves. Right. We do not spend a lot of time becoming an expert on ourselves. We don't understand all the time our blind spots. We mm-hmm. understand, to your point, am I a good test taker? Can <laughs> right. I follow the rules in my right. math class? Right. Like the standardized education system. And then yeah, we don't always understand the application. We aren't comfortable with exploration. I used to teach oh, a, an MBA class and I would do this like social experiment at the beginning where I'd go around the room and say, introduce yourself. Uh-huh. Everybody told me their name their and job. their job yeah. title. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, so I know your name and I know yeah. what you do. Yeah. But and you are it. so much more. <clears throat> and I, you know, like we're never going to get into a place where we, you know, tell our whole life story in an introduction but do we really know those things about ourselves right and I can tell you the number of those people that had come back to grad school and spent upwards of twenty thousand dollars to get credentials to try and make it farther in their career 
probably would have made it even farther quicker without that debt had they known more about themselves and could tell their story right. or understood their limitations or how they learned or, or where they fit best. Um, yes. That always broke my heart, still does. Yes, right? Like that's so interesting. So we do know we can grow our learning styles. We can grow our brains. We can grow our actual intellects through our intelligence quotients. Right? We can change that actual number. We can actually yeah. do that. And of course we can do that through learning the soft skills of emotional processing. And so we're saying EQ because it's the emotional intelligence quotient, right? And so that's EQ is the shorthand in both the business sphere and in um, and in the classroom, right, for learning. Um, your so personal life, your, your personal parenting, life. your yes. parenting, all, all of it. Oh my God, I love it. That was jinx, right? <laughs> this is great. Oh, yeah. Well, so, and the one thing I think the people I work with, the biggest aha moment comes with reality testing. Oh, same The loudest more. voice is the one in our own head. Yeah. Okay. Right? And we right. always are trying to finish a story, tell a story, catastrophize yeah. things. And, you know, you can read all day on your news feeds, on your social media apps that people aren't thinking about you as much as you're thinking about them okay, or uh-huh. what a healthy boundary looks like. Yeah. You can read all of that stuff. But when you really have to, in your mind, take a pause and reality test a situation, is is this as bad as I think it is? Do I have oh, yeah. all the information I need to make this decision? Is do I Can I communicate more with this person? Like, if you start running through... Whatever that is that links to maybe, you know, like when I look at my emotional intelligence report, it's like a dashboard and some yeah. things I'm full of. Yeah, right. <laughs> some things I'm running You're on empty. E, yeah. What, what I can do to help those <laughs> empty ones is I can pull back what I'm doing in some of those other areas, right? So my, again, like my lowest is impulsivity because okay. I'm just, I'm a driver. I'm very, you know, I'm very Gen X. Yeah, I was going to say, like yeah. Very hyper-independent. Hence all the and, jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And I have to put mechanisms in place for myself to think, I don't have to tell them this right now. I, uh-huh. I can think about this. I can hold on to this email until tomorrow. Right. I can have this idea and I can, you know, Put it in my OneNote, or I can put it here, and I can save it for the next meeting. I don't need to go bust in my right. boss's office and tell him this now, right? <laughs> right. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. So, like some, yeah, some controls around impulse control. Um. So, oh, first of all, you know what? Let me just look and see where we are with this because I think it's about time for me to say to all the people, "Hey, people, you're listening to WVLP 103.1 FM. Our show is Tune In. It's radio for your mind, body, and soul. And I'm your host, Keila Parkinson. And our show is underwritten in part by Kiki Productions, Inc., Communications Coaching, teaching exercises to help you cycle out of fight or flight in the moment. With a mission to create individual harmony to add peace to the world, Kiki Productions, Inc.'s philosophy is when you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, you are a magnet to those you wish to attract. Find out how you can speak your truth with love at coachkiki.com or connect to all your human feelings and inbox goodies at Substack. All right. So we're talking to Anna Stump, who is an edutainer. She is a creative thinker, as you've already figured out. And uh, she is a coach. And we're going to talk about the people that she coaches and how she helps people into having a growth mindset and to applying it to your day-to-day life, wherever that might be. And also for specific needs, especially in job searches, resume building, things like this. Um, We've had some really fun conversations lately here on season five of Tune In, where we've talked to, um, uh, for instance, uh, 
minority moves and um, empower. And we've been learning about, you know, ways to bring DEI into the conversation right at the top of the gate when we're building the resumes, right? And bringing that into the workforce. And this is really, you know, salient to what we're saying too. Um, And then I just want to say, like, we've talked about social emotional learning and how we can do that through this EQ. We can do it in the workforce. And, um, you know, the things that you're talking about, the growth mindset, the phrase, right? We've got the, the Carol Dweck book, which is really great and oh, yeah. introduces that to the business community in big ways, especially piggybacking off of Goldman's findings and studies. And then also in like the, the schooling world, which you're in both these places too, right? We have uh-huh. some, we have tools like uh, Big Life Journal, for instance. I don't know if you're familiar with them. And um, uh, Generation Mindful, right? And uh-huh. like all these different organizations that help bring in to the classroom and to the home environment, especially for young learners, uh, tools that people can actually use growth mindset. And it teaches children and adults like, hey, this is what your brain looks like on negative thinking. This is what your brain looks like when you're in resource, which is the growth mindset. So I just want to put that out there quickly and say, if you're finding us in podcast form, we'll have that in show notes too, um, and jump onto Facebook and interact with us there. Dr. Anna will also be joining us there, I believe, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So your invitation is standing. Um, And so, uh, with all that stuff as like our framework, then tell us about how you help people connect these growth mindset skills and tools in your coaching. So I have fallen into this obviously through education, uh-huh. right? Like I've taught at the high school level, college level, master's programs. Um, that's kind of been where I have organically just been an advisor of people in the middle of a journey, right? In the middle of a way to figure things out. And it was during that time that I realized how we love on our young people. And we've done this for a couple of different decades now. Um, The helicopter parents (laughs) kind of mentality of, you know, sometimes it's out of fear, out of love, out of just the current state of chaos in the world that I have just like the students who come in and aren't really maybe making their own choices because the choices are being made for them right you know like um I I have to major in this or I have to do this and this started for me back in 2006 and when I had a young man approach me as a junior in high school and tell me he knew where he was going to college and I was like that's pretty impressive like you're just a first semester junior (laughs) But he was going to the same college where his parents w- both went and right. met yeah, <laughs> and got married and had him. And so no pressure on yeah. him to go to the same school. And I thought, hmm, I, I yeah. just Is that, like, a choice? that doesn't seem yeah. like a great fit for him yeah. that I've seen in the classroom. But I was like, okay, well, that's great. You know, it's a great school. You're going to do fine. And I said, so you think you know what you're going to major in? And yeah. he's like, yeah, my dad said at dinner last night, I'm really good at math. <laughs> I should be an accountant because they make a lot of money. Uh-huh. And I just, I could like lost sleep the next oh, several man. nights. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you know, in hindsight, I think I was triggered because my husband sure. and I both as Gen Xers, Um, I was a first generation college student. He was not, but we both had conditions when we went to college on what we could major in. Yeah. Um, my husband said, his parents said, you know, we'll pay for your college if you major in this or this. Uh Um, and my dad said like, you know, that whole quintessential boomer thing, I didn't work hard my whole life to send you to college for you to become a teacher. Right. Like I had to do this. Yeah. So I'm sitting here with that, like memory and life 
guidance. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking at this young person thinking, wow, we have the internet now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> They're digital natives. Right. Like, they I have love all that of phrase. This stuff. And then this <clears throat> morphed, like, to probably, I'd say 10 or 11 years later, I happened to be talking to an executive from Scripps. He had just dropped his son off at Brown. And he said, I have the best story for you. And I was like, I love a good story. <laughs> and he said, uh, we, as parents of the freshmen, we were in an auditorium and the president of the university came in and said, look, you're, ki- you're dropping your kids off at Brown. Uh-huh. You're clearly helicopter parents. <laughs> but here's a choice you need to make today. Okay. Are you going to be the medic helicopter? Mm. Or no, I, yeah, the rescue. I'm sorry, the rescue okay. helicopter uh-huh. first. Are you going to be the rescue helicopter that swoops in, picks up the victim? Oh, uh huh. Right, right. And takes them. Oh, away. what a good metaphor. This man's At a the genius. Scene, right? Yeah. You, you, you swoop into the scene and you. <laughs> right, 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 right. So the <clears throat> testing center doesn't have any appointments, and your child needs to take a test. Their refrigerator in their dorm is leaking. Like, all of right, these right, things right. that I watch yeah. parents interject. And yeah. when I was teaching high school, I mean, I would have kids say, can you buy my breadsticks today? Because my mom checks my lunch account. I, I She'll know if I buy breadsticks, and she'll text me this afternoon. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm like, what? I did not. I, I got off the bus <laughs> and disappeared in the streets of our neighborhood. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm Gen X, too. Yeah. young kids, like... <laughs> My, right. Your mom is going to text you in school if you eat breadsticks for lunch. And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, I give my friends money and they buy them for me. I'm just yeah. I'm this such, such a different life. Yeah. So, right. the President Brown, you could be the medic. Yeah. You can be the, or, I'm sorry, the rescue helicopter or the medic helicopter. Right. The medic helicopter, they drop down with all of the supplies and everything. Yeah. Right. And they fix the wound or fix the situation for the victim and then they fly away. Right. Or... You can be the traffic helicopter. Mm. You can be proactively flying around the area, observing and saying, you know, if you turn left, you're going to hit some traffic. Yeah. If you go right and you go up a street, you got to have a clear path to your destination on time. Like, be a guide. Yes. Right. I was saying, because then they can still make the choice and the choice just gets them where it gets them. And I'm going to interrupt this because I love what you're saying with this. And I really want all the parents out there listening to hear this, no matter like what age you are. I'm, I'm with you. I'm Gen X, right? My, um, my nieces and nephews from my siblings, right? They're all like, uh, millennials, right? And so Mm -hmm. like, and, um, and well, the older ones are millennials, the younger ones are Gen Z. And then I've got these Gen Alpha babies because I waited for ages to have my kids, right? And they're like, mom, you're so old, which is true. And right. (laughs) So, so there's a huge, I'm like three generations older than my kids already. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they'll okay boomer me. And I'm like, no, 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 you got to go Gen X, whatever, you know, like, Talking these streets because of the boomers. I know, right? Like, exactly. Totally. I'm not, yeah. yeah, (laughs) You got to do the W and do whatever because we are slackers, right? Right. So, but slackers, I mean, like, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's a whole separate thing. What I wanted to interrupt and talk about is this helicopter metaphor that I, you're attributed to this president of Brown. I'm not sure who it was, but um, I don't know the name of this president of Brown, but but I love this metaphor. And honestly, I've never heard it before. So if it's out there and people are like, this is passe, I'm sorry, this is new to me. And I think it's genius because 
I do agree with you that a lot of it came from fear. Like, we were the milk carton mm-hmm. kids, right? I watched right. that documentary that said, that only ran for four years. And I was like, what? That was my whole childhood. And I'm like, oh, it was my whole childhood. Well, how about the, we're, we're <laughs> childhood. showing the sun back now. Yeah. Like, it's 10, it's 1030. Yeah. This commercial used to right. show before the news. Do you, you know, know where your children, your children are? are? My pa- my kiddos heard that on this game that they play that has all these yes. retro commercials. And they're like, oh my God, it said that. That's hilarious. And they go, that was a joke one. I go, no, that no. used to play on the news. News every night at we nine or ten to p.m. Remind our parents that to we go, were out you have kids, yeah. This is kids today with the Life three sixty and the oh my constant, gosh, I know, like, right? But I so we were the original latchkey kids too, right? And I don't think that's true yeah. that we really were. There definitely were kids who just you know my dad's story, right, is that his mom opened the back door and said, "Get out of my house and go play," and they didn't come home until it was dark, right? And oh, yeah. they, she didn't we know where they the were. They left the town. On, it was dinner. Yeah, yeah when the dinner, when the street that was our thing too. You had to be home when the yeah. streetlights came on, and then but a lot of kids would get to go out again after which is why the news reminded them to go find your children, right? But the great thing about the helicopter is yeah. it, it, it came from the lawnmower and the bulldozer. Like, we have had, had some sort of an apparatus uh, yeah. for the last 15 years to yeah. describe parenting. Isn't that interesting? And again, it's more access with technology. Yes. More entitlement, the way schools and just community. And, yeah. I mean, you can Google and you read this and you think it's fiction, right? Like parents <laughs> calling a job that their child. Oh my gosh. I was, at a, oh my gosh. I was at a job. I was like in, I was in college and this high school kid, his mom called and said, he's grounded. He can't come to work. And the owner was yes. like, it doesn't work like that. He's got or an parents, actual job. Yeah. College graduates <laughs> calling and checking up on his interview status. Like that's yeah, happening right. in the world. It's so much, but I want to yeah. go back and say this one piece, right? So for people who were Gen X and having the kids who were born in the 90s, right? Because that wasn't me. But like everyone who did, you know, there I witnessed it. And there was this helicopter parenting that was fear-based based on, you know, all the milk cartons that we drank from. Mm-hmm. That apparently, according to that documentary, which I agree, nobody paid any attention to those except for us children. We were like, oh, my God, I'm going to be I'm gonna be abducted. And let me look well, all these kids who come to school. Our kids are sitting in active shooter drills. Exactly, right? right. So I mean, it's, like, it's the, real, the, the, right? The, the fear is real, that. yeah. Exactly. So we got on this because you said, who do you coach? Yes, yes, yes. But I'm going to quickly finish up this quick thing, right? So there's also this piece of, there's a fear base for the helicopter parenting. And there's the reality that parenting has become very litigious. My Uh first introduction to parenting, I got this great subscription to parenting magazine that was sent home to me from the hospital. And I'm lying there nursing my two-week-old. And the very first parenting article that I read is about a mom who got arrested for stepping outside of her car and watching her daughter through the windshield while she had a cigarette break she got arrested because somebody reported from a different store who couldn't see the vantage point of the mom under the awning she was at to follow the rules of where not to smoke in front of a door but the mom had her daughter in her eyeline sight the entire time and let's say the daughter was two or three and in a car seat taking a nap and the arresting officer said well what if she had choked and the mom was like I would have seen her and gotten in the car. Like, she's like, well, you couldn't have heard her. And so she actually did get arrested for that. And they sent her daughter into the foster care system for two days for her to go through this. And I just was like, oh, my God, she was doing her whole job. That was my very first introduction to you're going to get arrested for making your own choices that are good parenting choices right to not smoke yeah. in front of your kid and whatever so well, then the, the comparisons like, yeah I, I don't remember being compared i guess maybe that we were yeah but just the massive amounts of comparison yeah, with the social media all the stuff and- all the, oh, the oh, charts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The data tracking, right? There's so much, so many different things. And then also, okay, last, last thing on this little tirade. But I just want to say, like, we're talking about this because this stops the growth mindset. 
Okay, all this yes. stuff and trying to live up to it, right? This brings us into even fear. Let it start, to be honest. Exactly, because I, I yeah. was like, I right away, I was like, oh my god, everything I do is going to be a wrong choice. I was so, right. so, so, so afraid, and I thought, being an old mom, I would have this down, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is awful. The world. <laughs> yeah, I thought I would do it. I was like, I was like, I don't know what parenting's become, but I'm going to go to jail for it because everything that I did and that my siblings did, that their pediatricians would say, like, you can give them Tylenol to go to sleep, you know, and nowadays my pediatrician's like do you give them Tylenol how much do you give them you don't, can't give right. it to them to go to sleep and also you know are there any guns in your house do your neighbors own any guns and I was like I assume this is actually a pediatrician <laughs> question right now so like that oh, yeah. right that's off the charts but we but, have or that you ask your like nine-year-old do you do you feel like they ask them the craziest and yeah. we leave and I have to have a parent I know right far about the questions they're oh asking. my gosh it's that, that yeah. chart, right? The chart thing, the data graphing. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. So this stops growth mindset. That's the main thing we want to sure. get out of this conversation because we could totally have a whole show about this, I oh, see. we could. We could have a whole series. <laughs> but so you yeah. asked who I coach. Who do you coach? And Tell I me about it. it. Like I started as an advisor to these particular college students. Yes. With these helicopter parents, this overachieving. Like some point our high schools in America turned into pre-college yes everything in high school happened for college yes and we do what i call shooting all over these kids you should take these ap classes you should take this study class you should join these clubs and organizations you need to take you should take the psat should 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 all the time and they we had a time in history which i think we're coming out of it but over the last 15 years teenage employment plummeted because these kids were in these high stakes classes, oh, preparing for tests, right. overextended in clubs and organizations, and just doing all the things they could for the sake of the college application, without care or concern that these children don't all need to be in a four year college right away. Yeah. If at all, we abandoned the trade. Like we've just done a lot of things right. for the sake of these helicopter parents mm-hmm. and their affinity for achievement yeah um and now we've got a generation that is very well connected very the most educated generation that these this planet has yeah. ever known yeah globally most most educated they have access to information so they don't want they're not curious um they're very confident because they've been fixing our phones and telling us facts for, you know, their whole life. <laughs> yeah, right. And getting their grandmas <clears throat> on the iPad. Right? Yeah. They, they're very confident, but they have such a lack of experience, mm-hmm. which is the currency to the older generations, right? Like pay your dues and blah, blah, you know, all right. that. Right. To the point that right now, some of my superpower lies in the fact that I kind of was with Gen Z as they grew up. Uh-huh, true. And I kind of understand that they really aren't open to learning the things they need to learn outside of the classroom while they're in college. Okay. Because they're approaching college like they did high school. And that is, let me check the box. Let me get the grade. Let me join the clubs and organizations. Let me build the resume. And then hire me because I'm going to be ready. Right? And then there's... an a real disconnect and I have found that the the sweet spot of people I can help are those early career people mm. who are out in the world now going oh wait a minute <laughs> just because I yeah. was good at math I don't like it being an accountant right like yeah one fact accounts <laughs> don't do math <laughs> like, right I, I they, like they use programs like yeah <laughs> yes and you 
know, we've spent a lot of time talking about generations. I usually give the disclaimer. I was a marketing professor and marketers uh-huh. developed generations. Cause we, if we put you in True. categories based on your lived <laughs> we experiences, can sell you. we can yeah. sell you more stuff. <laughs> but I yeah. still like, I think in generations as well, because to your point, I'm an older mother. I was an older educator because most educators, right. Historically are good at a subject in school. Okay go to school to learn how to teach it and then teach it forever. I had a 10 year career um, first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then transition to teaching. And I used to have kids tell me, I want to be a teacher like you. And I'm like, Oh, key point there. Like me. Yeah. Go do something else and then come to this as a choice. That is huge that you got to do that. Yeah. We don't make it easy. Like my husband and I together taught for 20 years before we made what I alone made my last year at the retail right? Like, you don't do it for the money. You do it for, I guess, the quality of life. I'm not even sure if I was (laughs) leaving the retail world. Right. For the quality of life, yeah. I'm not sure how that actually worked out. But what I'm learning from watching these generations is you either repeat or rebel against Uh, most things you notice, right? Like, so we've got Gen Z taking a look at the definition of success and they want to rebel against it. Right. They take a look at like being in the office and paying your dues. They want to rebel against that. We are going to, and then we've got technology taking off at the same time. I think we're going to have contract slash fractional slash gig workers that are going to work for me. There's just, there's a whole thing. And I continue this conversation with my 17 year old every day. Okay. I don't need him to pick a major based on a job. And he is so deeply programmed to do that. Yes. Right. He loves philosophy. Just can't read enough of it. Constantly putting me in my place with some, you know, stoic, quote or whatever yeah and I'm like you need to major in that and he just laughs and he's like what job could I get right I'm like we that is not a question we ask in oh my 2023 gosh. in my oh house. my gosh good what for you job will there be in four years we don't know how do you know like, right what does it matter go to college studies if you want to go right if you want to go which okay. he does okay but if you want to go to college and then I tell the same thing to parents I coach a lot of parents and a lot of young people high school college only take an AP class if it's interesting to you. Oh, yeah. but you have to take a certain number of AP classes right. to get an honors diploma. Well, what's the worst case scenario if you don't get an honors diploma? I know, right? right? Yeah. We have the least amount of people going to colleges right now. Higher ed is in a mess. You're going to get into college. And you know what? I said this one day. I had a parent call me so angry. Yeah. What if you didn't go right to college? What if you took a like a gap right. year and you worked? Right. And you got mature and you learned more about yourself and you understood yeah. how the world worked. Oh, this dad said, I'm not paying for my kid to backpack through Europe. And I was I like, know, oh, right? what you think a gap yeah. <laughs> That's what it used to be. You some new yeah. data. Like we have yeah. children who cannot afford to go to college, right? They, exactly. They, were, they don't have the means or the credit to even get in the debt of student right. loans. Right. They have to have the money or they start at a community college or they start on a slower pace. Or they're really confused. I have had many students start late because they needed to help their families by being fully employed for a while. Right. And to me, that is, and I had this fascinating, you want to talk about growth mindset. Like I had this fascinating situation last summer. I was working at a nonprofit that is like a tech um, ecosystem here in our state. Okay. And they try and bring the tech world and the world of um, education, they bring all of these things together to try and make Indiana like a tech destination. And it's becoming an even bigger um, 
push since the remote piece has started because okay. you can work in tech for a Silicon Valley company and live yes, in Indiana, right. right? Like there's a lot of, to this, but we had a room full of CEOs, tech CEOs, CIOs, like all uh-huh. the chief, you know, and, and for many tech companies in the state, I'd say there were probably 25 or 30 people in the room. Okay. And my question to them was, you know, we have all of these amazing distribution centers in our state because we are literally the crossroads of the u.s right we right have, we are yeah. um we are a 24-hour drive from 75 percent of the united states or u.s and canada yeah so we have a lot of trucking yes um, we've got our you know in indianapolis especially we've got the old airport which is a huge air hub right yeah. for a lot of um this companies we have two ports one in the north one in the south so, yeah we're we have the shipping because the great lakes miles, yeah second or third in interstate miles yeah so we have distribution centers and we give them tax breaks and they come in and they they have tons of jobs, right? Yeah. So you can be a, a high school student in Shelbyville in a, a, a cycle of poverty, graduate high school and go make 25 bucks an hour working third shift at a distribution center. Right. You know, why would you think about putting that on hold to go to, I mean, right. college is not on your radar when right. you've got that opportunity. So we've got that all over the state. So I say to these um, tech CEOs, CIOs, we have so many prestigious universities in this state. If you had to hire an entry-level IT person, could be a project manager, could be just anything. Think about an, an entry-level position. Do you go to one of these prestigious universities all over the state and grab somebody off the graduation stage in May? Mm-hmm. Or do you go to the distribution centers and you find somebody who's maybe worked for three or four years, but does not have more than a high school diploma. Uh-huh. 100% of the people in the room chose the person in the distribution. Really? Center. What was their reason for that? You know, that's the fascinating. The perception is yeah. they have work experience. Right. They are tested, they're experienced, they're teachable. Yeah. Because what they've seen coming out of colleges are the byproduct yeah. of what we're doing in high school and college. Okay. And that is the, and to me, I always taught my classes with the and. You Uh get an education and you get experience. But the number of young people that would come sit in my office and say, I think I'm going to add a third minor. Uh Uh-huh. Right, right, right. Have you done internships? Like, what? why would you take more classes? Right. Because no one is going to hire you to be a student. (laughs) <laughs> right to partner up these 120 credit hours over the next four years with experience internships externships travel abroad you know yes. officer positions in club like you have to step out and think differently but they're not getting that message yeah right so to the business world and we we cycle through things we're we're making a shift towards skills-based conversations because the other problem that we're having with those people out in the distribution centers at the same conference we talked about at the state of education and in indiana literally the state of our education is only 26 percent of people in the active workforce in this state have a four-year degree oh that's so, so low if a four-year degree is your ticket to get in an entry-level position and as we encourage companies to take a look across all these industry verticals, does a person truly need a four-year degree to do this job? They'd say, oh, no, but we've just always had that on there, right? 
Oh, I know, right? That we're having that. I'm hearing this so often. I'm glad you're saying this. And also, mm-hmm. I want to point out to people if you're like, oh, this lady's really anti education. She's no. Dr. Anna Stump. She's not anti education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, She's all I about bringing education. real world into the love, idealist yeah. world. Yes, 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 yes. I do yes. not love traditional education yeah. for the sake of checking the box. Right. What I love Good for you. is to understand that for a young person, and yeah, remember Gen Xers, we only go to college from high school. Right. You couldn't actually like go unless you went to the military. I did not see a lot of adults in on my college campus. You know what? We didn't have online classes. I was going to say they hadn't invented the internet yet. I was in a freshman class my freshman year in 1991 with somebody who was 21 years old, and he was called a non-traditional student because right. he had been in the military for two years. <laughs> that was the only way in. Like you had I know. I was like 21. You're non-traditional. In. Yeah. And in this world, in, in the 2020, like, we are drowning in information. Yes. You can get certifications. You can go back to college at any time. You can take two classes a, a year for the rest of your life. Like, you can do all these different things. If it is not attainable, affordable, if it doesn't make sense for you, if you don't know what you want to do, and if you don't know what you want to do and you want to go anyway, fine. Yeah. But the worst thing we do right now in education, when a young person walks on campus for the very first time, what do you want to major in? We need right. to know. What, we need to know because we need to know what dorm to put you in. Yeah. We need to know what to put in the system. We need to know what pathway you're on. And I'm going to tell you, these pathways are one-way streets with no side exits. That's right? true. You get on a pathway for this major. Yeah. And I remember being, like, back in our day, yeah. like, uphill both ways. You yeah. couldn't hardly change your major. <laughs> oh, I now know. Now they can. Okay. But sometimes it's to their detriment and expense. Right. It is so to your I'm expense. I'm a big fan of, like, have all the conversations, all the self-awareness. Understand yourself. How do you learn? What makes you happy? Yeah. And don't worry about the job at the end because that is changing. Everything we used to pat young kids on the head and tell them, you're so smart. You can yeah, yeah. This and this and this and. <laughs> they were the first jobs offshored. Now the same jobs are the first ones on the list that AI will, you know, yes, replace. Yes, exactly. So I don't care. Like... If you can get through college and learn how to think and learn how to learn and learn about yourself, you are going to have superpowers that the future is yours. Oh my gosh. I love this. It's the box checkers, the rule followers, the pathway takers, the overachievers, and the ones whose parents, you can hear the whirly bird. (laughs) That helicopter. They are not making their own choices. Oh my gosh, we're having such a fun conversation with Dr. Anna Stump that I have forgotten to tell you. You're also listening to WVLP 103.1 FM. I'm your host, Keela Parkinson, and this is Tune In. It's radio for your mind, body, and soul. <clears throat> Excuse me while I get rid of some allergy stuff here and tell you that Tune In is underwritten in part by Interfaith Ministry Services, LLC. Reverend Dr. Rhonda Shinley officiates weddings, celebrations of life, and sacred ceremonies in Northwest Indiana and Southwest Michigan while honoring your wishes and spiritual beliefs. Learn more about her wedding packages and sacred ceremonies at interfaithministryservices.com for healing the spirit and empowering the soul. We're talking with Dr. Anna today about uh, these Oh my gosh, we're talking about growth mindset and she has all these big ideas and they're so fun and I'm getting lost in them because, but I, in a good way, because I just have to say, <clears throat> we've been having this conversation from a, a variety of different standpoints, right? Um, when we spoke to Empower, it was about skills first, 
for job searches, right? And exactly what our guest was saying then was about bringing in the things you've done in your life, the things you've done in the world, right? And making that be what's on your resume. And it sounds like that's exactly how you coach people. And I love that so much, right? And we talked to Angela Arnold recently from Arnold Marketing. And she was talking to us about the same thing, right? About how... um, you know, uh, we are supposed to be bringing into the workplace our our benefit, our desire, our who do we want to help, right? Having this whole like sense of what that is and not having to listen to all of the different conversations that say should, 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 should right? And right. so like you said, we should on these kids, right? Like we should, should all over them. We should, yes. should all over should them. All over them. Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, we're, we're saying clear. it. We're saying it right. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I think that's, the reason I spend all this time on this obviously has been my reality for 18 years as a full-time educator, yeah. but it's also very, very important to understand why growth mindset's hard. Yes. It's foreign to us and feels like, you know, such an odd concept because it's not how we start. It's not how we are taught. It's not, it's not our messaging for so yeah. long. There's a tension between wanting to fit into our tribes, right? And be connected to our community and also thinking outside of the box for that resourceful state. When we want to fit into our community, it can be a little fight or flight if we're thinking differently because then, oh, we might be othered, we might be ostracized, we might not have that community support and we absolutely need it for our survival, right? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, supposedly, you know, we can be self-sufficient and live on the side of a mountain, blah, 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 but I don't really think so. <laughs> Because we really are right. also often getting still grocery delivery and we need gasoline and blah, 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 right? And so there's, mm-hmm. we can say that we are, and I know that there are some amazing survivalists and preppers and people living in Alaska, but I mean, the ones I know about are also with a camera crew, so I don't think they're actually by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. They get the, they get the uh, interaction and direction. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> again, these might just be ideas in some ways because- I really, really, really definitely deeply believe that we as humans are wired for each other. And my biggest argument for this is I cannot see my back, people. I cannot right. see my back. I've got to well, rely on others. you can't see your blind spots either. Right, Like, one True. of my favorite things to talk to people about is Jahari Window. Mm. And that is a concept in psychology where if you think about a regular window pane, just a window on your house, four equal panes. Okay. Ideally, those would be... Um, what you know about yourself, what other people know about you, what you don't know about yourself, but other people do, ah, and what nobody, including yourself or others, know about you. Oh. So you think about when you start a new job. Yeah. Those, those pains shift, right? Yeah. Because you're around a brand new set of people. Right. And I had amazing advice one time because when I was with um, the world's largest company for 10 years, yeah. I lived in six states and had 13 addresses in eight <gasps> years. Ooh. That's and the intense. second time I moved, a store manager took me to lunch and said, this was great advice I got, and I'm going to give it to you. On the drive from the old store to the new store, think about and reflect, which is the other thing that is so important for growth mindset that uh, we do not teach people, Yeah, is reflection. And I, when he said it, I was like, I don't know what you're thinking about, but keep <laughs> talking, right? Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah. He's like, reflect about all the experiences you had here this year. What did you like about how you showed up for people? What did people respond to well to you as a leader? What do you wish you could change? What would you like to do different? Yeah. Nobody at the new store knows you. You can show up however you want to. This is your clean slate. Yeah. I loved that advice. Yeah. 
So when you think about that Jahari window and you think about a new beginning, whether it's a new yoga class, a new job, a yeah. new restaurant, a new school, you're gonna go to a new co-working yeah. space, yeah. whether you're going to go to a new dog park, you have mm. this opportunity to consider your blind spots. So I am an extrovert, right? Yeah. When I go to Starbucks, my husband stands in the back and waits for me. Sometimes it's a long time, and he, <laughs> when I walk up, he'll always go, well, who'd you meet, right? I love it. It's like, you could be officiating a wedding tomorrow. You could be smack dab in the middle of somebody's yeah. divorce. Yeah. You could have a new best friend. You could have a dinner date. We yeah. could be meeting a new couple for a movie. Like, we yeah. never know right. what you get into. Okay. My husband walks in, gets what he came for, leaves. Right, that's me. <laughs> a low-trust, low-impact okay. introvert, right? So we approach people differently. Yeah. I don't have secrets. I tell everybody everything because yeah. I'm like, the more you know, the better we can, you know, like... Right, I, right, right. We're going to be longer friends. The strengths of communication. <laughs> yes, I, I can see that. all talk more, right? I work with people who are introverts, don't want to talk, and they yeah. see me coming and they're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Right? But that level of trust, transparency, authenticity how we relate to other people, how long we're around them. You mentioned community, right? Like yeah. the building the community, the showing up consistently, all of those things, that shifts those pains on that window. And we don't always want them to be even. They're not going to be even when you get into new things. But the more you share with people, the more they can reflect back on you. Yeah. Your reality testing that I mentioned earlier with your emotional intelligence. That's yeah. where it comes from. We are tribal people. We were not meant to be solo. Right. And I'm very obsessed with 90s Oprah. I don't, I don't really <laughs> I like, relate to I like the Oprah, Right. I don't like the distinction. Hungry, yeah. She's not hungry, hungry anymore. Overweight, confused, <laughs> trying hard to get a syndicated show. 90s Oprah is my gal. That's like, great. She had on the, you know, the best authors and was telling the best things. It was just, she was the best host, right? Like, my whole... 20s was around videotaping the Oprah show That's on my great. VHS. <laughs> I love it. But Oprah says a couple of things that I firmly believe in, and I'm assuming she started this one, but um, there is no such thing as luck. It is just your preparation meeting opportunity. So always prepare. And yeah. I feel that way about your self-awareness, your emotional intelligence, how you know and care about yourself is how you're going to reflect and show and know and care about other people. Yeah. So you have to love yourself. It is not selfish. You right. have to take time to reflect. You really need to work on yourself because that's going to help you better be better in the world. The other thing she says is people only want three things in life. and It is not food, air, and water. It is to be seen, yep. to be heard, and to be understood. Nice. And if we can give that authentically to people, active listening, be in conversation, good eye contact, do all those things, that is the greatest gift we can give to mankind. It really is. Yeah. You'll learn so much about yourself when you do those things. Okay, so we're, you're bringing out these amazing big ideas again. I'm saying that because we're connecting them to so many places, which is what we promised we would do in this conversation. So hooray! I have we like get a shotgun pattern. Oh my god, you just I never love know it. where they're all going. This is my favorite. I just love it so much. I knew we were. I already said like the first time we talked, I was like, "You're gonna have to come back. Like for sure, we're gonna do more than this, right?" So no we, problem. No problem. We'll have her come back. But let's just do something for a second where we kind of put a box around some of these big ideas, just as we kind of like start to wind down and get toward the last of the show here how would you define what growth mindset is in case people are sort of like oh my gosh this is amazing but like what does all this mean how do you define growth mindset 
I think with growth mindset, you always have to be curious. You always have to question, Do is this accurate? Is this the best of me? Is this, it, it just really just constantly, again, I'm going to go back to reality testing because I said that earlier. Yeah. It's just making sure you are looking at all sides of something and moving past maybe your own experience or how you were taught, yeah. your own paradigms. Okay. Um, in the 90s, I got trained and cubby certified so oh yeah me too habits are so i think we all had to incorporate back then yeah (laughs) yes oh yeah yeah i was trying to teach some recent college grads we're doing the book study it's It's still so applicable yeah it is i know i tell them like if you aren't finding like something with this that resonates just wait yes but you also need to understand that the people at the top of every organization were raised on this in corporate Uh america absolutely but the paradigm piece yeah and yes thinking when when like all of the work that he like talked about in that book yeah all all of those things that kind of lead into that growth mindset of just being very reflective very intentional and just making sure that you've looked at everything well. And I'm not articulating that very well. It's been years since I've read that oh, book. But... Well, I'm going to reference that again for people. So I'll put that in our show notes too. If you find us at anchor.fm slash tune in mindful radio, then we'll put that, we'll pop the link to that there. If you haven't heard of it, because in our day, nobody hadn't heard of it. The seven habits of highly effective people mm-hmm. by Stephen R. Covey. <clears throat> and he brings in like Ben Franklin concepts, right? So like, you know, things. I think of... he looked at 2000 years of oh, yeah. religion, philosophy. Yes, right. Like Napoleon Hill, like all kinds of stuff, right? About the common things, oh, yeah. 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 Um, and so, but I actually, about a year and a half ago, dusted that book off. And I literally had to because it had been on my shelf for probably close to 20 years. <laughs> I oh, easy, dusted yeah. it off. And I was like, oh. And I decided to reread it to see what am I missing from this in this day and age, right? And guess you know what's crazy yeah. about doing the reread? You yeah. have to do like one habit at a time and take a pause. Yes. But you know what's, once yeah. Once you've had some life right. experience, that stuff hits different. Than I'll tell you, I realized I never had fully finished the book before, Anna, because oh, I was so yeah. young. I was in my mid-20s, I think the first time I was doing it, early to mid-20s. <clears throat> and I was like, Oh my goodness, I didn't even understand very much of this at all. I kept getting shut down because I did not have an innate growth mindset. Uh-huh. I was still trying to develop it. First of all, I didn't have my full prefrontal cortex probably, right? And then right. I was still party girl, so I definitely wasn't learning as much as I could have, right? And so with all of that happening, I really thought that I had understood it, but I had never fully finished reading all the book even to begin with. And uh-huh. then I really hadn't understood even the things I was trying to apply. So I did them the best that I could. And I got all the way through this time. And I really took a long time to go through and like suss it out and like keep reporting, you know, right? And identifying those strengths and weaknesses. And I just really, really, really think that that's a great way, something you added into that definition, something that's tangible for people. You got something I just, else, yeah. On my conversations with Anna podcast, which is yes. wherever you listen to podcasts, yes. I went through the seven habits in a few episodes. Good. And oh, kind good. Of, so if anybody wants a refresher, if you want to hear it in the car or whatever, like walk. Oh, good. You know what? Send us a link to that too, um, because I think that's really it's a great follow up to this. This is really fun. It is. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so we have been talking to Dr. Anna Stump, who is an edutainer and a coach uh, for people who are looking for that uh, that golden ticket, right? To like, yeah. how do you find out what it is that you want to do and how and who you want to show up and be in the world and how you learn and how you get hired and all that great stuff. And you can find her at, give us your website. Right now it's goldenticketprof.com or on LinkedIn, which is my new love language. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. Okay. And then, you know, if you're, um, if that website changes soon, this will still point to it. So you yes. can find her there that way. And um, Stump is S-T-U-M-P with a silent F at the end that you don't F say, like Keela. <laughs> and I am one of those people that I earned that doctorate late in life to the um, expense of family time. So I put it in front of my name yeah. and everywhere else. <laughs> I love it. Good. Very, very good. It's been an awesome conversation about growth mindset and about all the ways that we can get comfortable with exploration. Thanks for encouraging us to do that and for giving us framework. And I do recommend that you listen to her show. She has my favorite episode so far has been the conversation with David and Katie. So check that one out too. Yeah. <laughs> all kinds of great things that are really similar to what we're talking about today they specifically talk about mindfulness in that episode which is also super fun and mental health and mental health which is so important in the middle of a pandemic talking to grad students (laughs) i said yeah these young people need to know as they face graduation in a couple of months and katie said more than likely wherever you go to work they will have mental health opportunities or an account or a way for you to yeah, do it and use Whether it you think you need it or not do oh gosh it. that's 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 super genius you know and i, I, I love and that I too think, yeah you know, like i love what you're doing here with these mindfulness conversations because this is not organic in us we're not born with this skill we have to yeah. build it we have to confront it all the time we have to understand that we get a little jaded with yeah in, the influencers and the algorithms and the <laughs> yeah. different things that we we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard of self-exploration, self-awareness, and how we show up for other people. It's I think I we're getting ready to wrap up, but I just want to end with this concept, right? That it's almost ironic that we spend so many years and generations stuffing our feelings, ignoring our feelings, to- being told we don't have time for our feelings, and finally we've reached this place where empathy we're undercovering, uh, uncovering as the real asset. And so now we're having to learn how to do all this stuff we were taught not to have. I, I think yeah. it's really innate in us. And so thank you for being one of the way showers and one of the guides. And right back to you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been such a fun conversation with Dr. Anna Stump. And we will see you later, meditators.